1160 The Quest welcomes you to Legislation Made Simple. Keeping you informed on political issues, primarily legislative issues in the Georgia General Assembly, but also some national issues that implicate the teachings of the church. Issues that are critical to restoring and protecting a culture that enables families to flourish and the kingdom of God to advance. Legislation Made Simple will also let you know how to get involved, how to get to know your state representatives and senators, and most importantly, how you can affect policy. Your hosts are Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Jane is a retired lawyer, formerly with a D.C.-based organization called American Principles Project. Jane worked at the Georgia legislature and has maintained her connections there, so she's plugged in under the Gold Dome. Now let's begin Legislation Made Simple. Hello and welcome to Legislation Made Simple. My name is Patty DeCraney and my co-host is Jane Robbins. Hi, Jane. Hey, Patty. With such a short legislative session in Georgia, the legislators worked fast and hard to get their bills accepted and moved along the legislative process to place the past bill into the hands of the governor to sign into law. Well, in this new show, Legislation Made Simple, we've also been working fast and hard to bring you the latest information regarding this movement of bills that may directly affect you, your families, and our church. So together, we can affect the path of these bills by making phone calls to our legislators, if possible, going to the Capitol to get to know them, voice our opinions on bills that matter to us. There's one week left We record this show on Thursdays, and today is March 23rd. There's a lot of action under the Gold Dome, and we want to bring you the latest. Jane is traveling today, and she has stopped to call in to record what is going on. Thanks so much, Jane. All right, to begin with a prayer, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. And today's scripture is John 18, 37, 38. So Pilate said to him, then you are king? Jesus answered, you say I am king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? We as Catholics, as Christians, we are seeking the truth. If you're confused, where do you go? Go to the Bible. That's where we'll find the truth, in the Word. It's been such a busy week. Um, Jane, tell us what's happening uh, we'll start with the gambling bills at um, Sneaky HB 237. Yes, HB 237 is a number that we haven't heard before mm-hmm. in this because HB 237, as it was introduced, had nothing to do with gambling. So what had happened was that none of the gambling bills that had been introduced in either the House or the Senate made it out of that body by crossover day, which is the the last day they had to do that to be sent to the other chamber. So what you can do, according to the rules, is you can find another bill that is germane to the issue of gambling, 
Mm-hmm. And you can take that bill and you can attach the gambling language onto it. And then it's just as though that bill had come out of, of one of the chambers. Or the more extreme thing you can do is to take a bill that has already passed one of the chambers and then strip it completely and stick your language in so that the bill now becomes an entirely new bill. Well, this is what happened with HB 237. As it was introduced, it was a bill that just dealt with recognizing a soapbox derby in mm-hmm. southwest Georgia as the official soapbox derby of Georgia, or something like that. Right, two-page. Um, it was a two-page uh, bill. Yes. <laughs> right? Just a, a standard bill that, that just recognizes something, that, and those bills happen all the time. It had right. come out of the House, so it was in the Senate Economic Development and Tourism Committee, chaired by Chairman Brandon Beach, who is a big proponent of gambling. So Chairman Beach and some other people, and this was orchestrated or partly orchestrated by Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones, took the the gambling bill, most of the gambling bill that had been in the House, which was a sports betting bill. It, it focused mm-hmm. on sports betting. Right. And they tacked that language on to the soapbox, soapbox derby bill. Mm. The sponsor of the soapbox derby bill is not a supporter of sports betting. She objected to it, but it didn't really matter. They did it anyway. And so she requested that her language from the the sports, um, the uh, soapbox derby bill, as it was originally introduced, be removed. She didn't want that associated with the sports betting. So now HB 237, which was soapbox derby, has become HB 237 sports betting. Okay. It, this bill did not get out of the House. It couldn't get out of the House. So they they just stripped another bill in the Senate and put this in there. So this bill, they added their their amendment. It was it was funny to watch this on the um, <clears throat> the live stream. They said they're just going to amend her bill. And so their amendment was 47 pages. Oh, oh taking it from two pages. To yes. 47. And right. is she even going to get what she wanted? With Not the, this year. Because she stripped her, her language. Her, her, oh. her bill is dead. She just She, she just killed it. it. Oh. Yes. Okay. So, and she's a brand new legislator. She was just elected. So this is her um, mm. introduction yeah. to the legislature. Okay. So what has happened now is that this bill was in the Senate Economic Development and Tourism Committee. It went to a vote immediately when they put these 47 pages in, mm. and it was passed out of the committee. Mm. So now this bill is in the Senate Rules Committee, which is the, the gatekeeping committee. The Senate Rules decides whether to send it to the floor of the Senate or to, to not do it, to kill it. So that's where it is as of this morning on Thursday, March 23rd. Now, so I I went back and I read that bill because we need to look at a a few of the things. And bearing in mind that that the Catholic teaching on this is not that that gambling in itself or games of chance, as the catechism calls it, are necessarily bad as a form of moderate entertainment, but they become bad when they become addictive, when people start just treating the gambling, the the almighty dollar as an idol and and neglecting their responsibilities and letting it take over their lives. 
So that is it's what we see with sports betting because it's so, by, by design, addictive because it's on right. people's phones. So you can, right. you know, they say if you have a phone, you can go bankrupt in a day. Yes. So I looked at the bill just to see some of the things that, that are in it. And I noticed that, well, and first of all, it is all through the bill, you see the phrase lottery game of sports betting. Right. You think, well, that sounds odd. What is lottery game of sports betting? The reason that language is there is that they're trying to get this through through the, the Georgia constitutional amendment that legalized the lottery 20 years ago or 30 or whenever that was. So they're trying to make it look like sports betting on your phone is part of the Georgia lottery, which, um, shall we say, there are legal problems with that argument, but they, they kept putting lottery game and sports betting through the bill so that when um, this goes to litigation, they can say, oh, we don't need to, to amend the Constitution again. We'll just use the, the statutory language we can just do this as a statute so, because if it were a constitutional amendment, it would need a two-thirds vote in both the Senate and the House, and that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is that this bill requires betters to be at least 21 years old. Now, that sounds fine, except um, how do you prove that a guy who is plugging things into his phone is 21 years old? Right. How can they regulate um, that? Uh, yeah. So there's language in the bill that, that says that the Georgia Lottery Corporation shall develop statewide educational guidelines to ensure that the marketing of sports betting is not targeted to minors. And it says, where is the exact language here? Um, let's see. You can't target minors. The better must register and establish an account. And the, the licensee, the, the gambling company, shall implement commercially and technologically reasonable procedures to prevent access to sports betting by minors. So I thought, okay, well, is that something that is feasible? Is there such technology out there that you can tell how old someone is on his phone? So I asked Professor John Kent, Dr. Kent, who Mm -hmm. was on our show some weeks ago now, and he is the national expert on gambling, having served on the U.S. National Gambling Commission. So I asked him that question, and this is what he said. I have sat through gambling industry technology briefings in state legislatures and the U.S. Capitol where the geofencing and regulations were easily hacked by the staffers being briefed who laughed with amusement at how easy the hacking was. Mm -hmm. He says kids have hacked the Pentagon Chinese techies have also hacked the U.S. National Security Agency, the CIA employee base, all members of Congress, and federal employees. The inventor of blockchains was a high schooler. He says, this is the way he sums it up, regulations for online gambling are a well-known joke. So what happens is you put this language in saying that they shall be careful, the, the sports betting company, must make sure that these people are only t- are over 21, or at least 21. But there's no way technologically to do that yet. I mean, maybe down the road they'll invent something that's unhackable. That hasn't happened yet. And mm-hmm. usually the people who are best at hacking it are kids. So right. even though the bill supposedly restricts sports betting to people who are at least 21, 
in reality, that's not going to happen, but it makes legislators feel better when they vote for it. So is there anything we could do at this point? Well, it's in the Senate Rules Committee. The chairman of that committee is Matt Brass, and people could call that um, that committee. You can, can look it up at legis.ga.gov, mm-hmm. click on legislation and laws, right. um, put in HB 237, and it will tell you the status that it's in rules, and click on that, and it pulls up the rules committee. So people could call... Senator Brass, who is the chairman, they could call other people on the Rules Committee and say, we don't like the way that this has gone. And because not only did are, are they presenting this sports betting stuff, which um, is targeted towards young men especially. If you have sons, be right. very concerned about this. <laughs> but they did it in this technically legal but underhanded manner of right. trying to, to get it in when they couldn't get it through the House. Mm-hmm. So. Something this large, uh, many people believe, should not have been done using this maneuver. But um, I have already made a few calls, including to the lieutenant governor, who is a big advocate of this. And uh, so people could call Chairman Brass or call other members of the committee and say, we don't want this bill to come out. Okay. Or we could, we could call the lieutenant, right? Mm-hmm. We could call yes. Bert Jones. All right. Thank you, Jane. Um, let's move on to the education bills, SB1. Where where is that? Has that been postponed SB1. again? Yeah, SB one is the bill in the Senate. It passed the Senate and was sent to the House Public Health Committee. SB one would prohibit government entities, including K twelve schools and including public universities and colleges, from requiring a COVID vaccine for students and for employees. And so this bill did get out of committee in the House. It is in the House Rules Committee, the chairman of which is Richard Smith. We have been told that it is well, it was supposed to come to the floor yesterday, I think, and it got delayed. Right. Now we're told it's on the House floor today, which is Thursday. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it comes to the House floor today, I mean, people could certainly call their, their representative and ask him or her to vote for it. Okay. Or if it hasn't come out of the Rules Committee yet, they could call the Rules Committee and um, request, make sure that Chairman Smith makes sure that this bill gets out of committee. Hmm. So it, it could stay in Rules Committee and not come out? Yes. Rules Committee can kill it if they want to. Oh. And, and as okay. we, we count down the days to the end of the session, uh, a week from today at this time, the session will be done. It right. will have ended at midnight the day before Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. That's right, so fast. So if it doesn't come out of rules, it's dead for this session, and they would have to try again next year. But this is a bill that I think would pass if it comes out of rules. Mm -hmm. So it it may have already done so. I don't know, because I I told uh, a couple of my uh, contacts down at the Capitol to please text me if anything noteworthy happens, and I haven't heard. So I don't okay. think it's happened yet, but it may happen today. Okay. All right. So there's still a chance to make a phone call and um, mm-hmm. and and tell them yes, if that's yes. what you are believing. All right. And that's what we're supporting here. Right. Um, SB 233, um, tell us about that one. That is the bill that establishes the voucher program that now, as amended, gives accounts to public school students of $6,500, it was amended from $6,000 to $6,500, 
so that those students could use that money for private schooling, for homeschooling, for various other approved expenses. The, the bill has been greatly scaled back. It started out to apply to any student who was in Georgia public schools. Now it applies only to students who are in the bottom quartile, the bottom 25% of Georgia public schools. Now this bill, it's, um, <clears throat> it passed the Senate, all right, it passed the Senate and then it passed the House Education Committee. Um, the, the problem, it, this happened within the House Education Committee this week. A problem, I think there are several problems with the bill, but one of the problems is that it was amended in the House Education Committee. And they amended it to say, and I will quote the language, private schools enrolling participating students, meaning these voucher students, shall ensure that a statewide assessment administered according to Georgia law is annually administered to each participating student enrolled in grades for which such a statewide assessment is administered, mm -hmm. which shall be made re available by the resident school system. Now, the way I read that is that if you are a private school and you accept voucher students, you have to give the voucher students the state test every year. And the opponents of vouchers always say you need to put in these provisions for accountability purposes to make sure that the kids are actually learning what they're supposed to be learning. Um, the, the problem with that is that the state test is based on the curriculum that's in the public schools. And a really good private school is not using the curriculum that's used in the public schools. Oh. It's using a much better curriculum. Right. But because the the sequencing of the education and that kind of thing is different. The student may not do as well on the state test just because they, the, it, everything is turned around a little bit and, right. and because these tests are aligned to the, to the curriculum. public school curriculum. Right. And, and that can be a problem because mm. that encourages private schools to conform their curriculum to the state curriculum so that their kids will look good on the state test. Mm, I see. And this, this is the way that I'm reading it. At least I, I think that I'm right about this, but I'm not absolutely sure. Um, but it's concerning because the, the big danger of a voucher system to start with isn't to the public schools, it's to the private schools, that, okay. that the, the state is going to try to um, to control the private schools. And in fact, the, the opponents of this bill, I noticed on an email thread that came out last night, they're already complaining bitterly about the language in this bill that says that the state cannot force the private schools to change their their creed or their employment practices or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they um, that's, that's what they would want to do. They would want to to extend the government strings to all the private schools. All right. So that's, that is the danger of it. Um, okay. The good thing, obviously, is that you're trying to help kids to have alternatives to the public schools for education, and there are ways to do that. Um, there are a lot of people who don't think that pure voucher systems are the best way to do it, but that's what we have right now. Okay, so what, so, can, what, can, what can we do? All right, SB 233 is currently in Senate rules because it passed the... Um, okay, House. It's to, no, it's in House rules. Okay. So it passed the House Education Committee. So people could call that committee and express their opinion on it. Um, 
if this passes, it's going to be close, I think, because the entire public school establishment is opposed to it, and they are very powerful in Georgia. Um, so, you know, it may not be a bad thing if it doesn't pass, and maybe they can come up with a better bill mm-hmm. next year that doesn't have the, the concerns that this one has. But, All right, so we can express our concerns. Yes. yes. Okay, okay. Um, you are listening to Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160 Request. Um, we have another education bill, HB 338, to tell us to tell us about, Jane. Okay, this is another bill that is now sitting in rules. This is the one that passed um, the House, perhaps unanimously, I'm not sure, um, that requires schools to implement some filtering systems on school-issued devices so that students can't access inappropriate or pornographic material. Um, we know from how hackable these things are that that's not foolproof. But anyway, it does take a stab at, at protecting kids from these materials. Um, this, this bill passed the Education and Youth Committee in the Senate. It has been sent to the Senate Rules Committee, and that's where it is right now. Okay. I think probably that because this bill has so much support, it's not a particularly controversial bill, that it will probably come out of rules. It will probably pass on the Senate floor, um, so we'll, we'll see. I expect that that will happen, but who knows? Things have, have not happened that I expected before, and that will happen again. <laughs> okay, sure. all right. Um, with, with the probably about seven minutes left um, to cover, we have three more things to talk about. Um, and okay. the first one, there's just been so much, um, but the first one is related to trans-identifying um, Children, it's SB 140 that, go ahead and tell us. Yeah, SB 140 is the one that prevents some of the child abuse that is taking place with kids who are confused about their sex. It would ban treating minor children with wrong sex hormones and with surgery to make them look like the opposite sex. Right. The problem with that bill is that it doesn't ban puberty blockers. And once you start giving a child puberty blockers, he is going to proceed to those other steps at some point. Just now in Georgia, it would mean that you have to wait until he's 18 before you can actually take those other two steps. So it's not a very strong bill. Mm -hmm. It's stronger now than it was because they did allow civil liability for doctors, meaning you can sue the doctors who violate it. But all that to be said... The Senate, the, the House passed it, went back to the Senate to approve the amendment. They approved it. The bill is passed. It is on the governor's desk. So okay. we'll see. He hasn't said whether he's signing it or not. I expect that he will sign it. Um, but so it's, it's maybe a better than nothing bill, but it's not nearly as strong as the bill, another bill that was introduced. But, you know. So, I mean, we could we could call the governor and just say that we would like you know we would like to have the puberty blockers yes yes and even if he wants to sign this bill we would appreciate his getting behind a an amendment next year okay to all right to add the puberty blockers okay thank you and then hb 520 there's this has been yes. going like a you know warp speed a mental health bill that yes. follows up on a huge mental health bill from last year mm-hmm. it's a very large bill that makes a major overhaul to georgia law regarding mental health diagnoses and tracking and criminal standards and this kind of thing. 
This is a bill that has been flying through. It passed through the House right. at record time. It is now in Senate Health and Human Services Committee, mm-hmm. where it is sitting right now. Oh, yeah. um, this bill may become one of the ones that that uh, may be a good thing. It will be held hostage to a dispute that's going on in the Senate. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Jones wants the House to pass some uh, a particular Senate bill and he's threatening to hold up all of the House bills, including this mental health bill, until the House passes that bill that deals with hospital certificates of need, and we don't need to know all about that. But anyway, there's a dispute going on, mm-hmm. and, and the House legislation may get held up in the Senate. So that's one, in my view, that's a hopeful sign. Um, if they want to bring back HB 520 next year when we have time to debate it, then fine, they can do that. But it's, it's just gone through much too fast this year. Mm-hmm. There are too many potential negative ramifications of this. And so um, people could call the Health and Human Services Committee, Chairman okay. Ben Watson, and ask them not to report that bill out. Okay. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, keep fighting, right? Yeah, don't, never give in, as Winston Churchill said. That's right, and prayer. Don't forget with yeah. prayer. And we have one other quick item, and that we talked about Gwinnett School System, sex ed curriculum. That I know that the vote was delayed. and The vote was delayed, yes. They yes. were supposed to vote on this radical new sex ed comprehensive radical curriculum last Thursday, when the state school superintendent, Richard Woods, weighed in and said, we don't think this new curriculum aligns with the state standards. So the, the board, which is a, holds a three to two radical majority in Gwinnett, they did pull the vote from last Thursday night's meeting. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, Representative Jasmine Clark, I'm told, is starting to weigh in on this, and she's very much in favor of the very um, comprehensive, so as they call it, um, pro um, sort of anti-family sex ed standards. She introduces a bill every year to, to mandate that all throughout Georgia. And she's a Gwinnett rep, and so she mm. has been called into the to the fight. But anyway, they, the the good guys, the parents, live to fight another day. So maybe right. we'll come up in the next meeting, which will be several weeks from now. Okay. But we don't know. But they mm-hmm. did not vote on it last Thursday. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And keep on working and keep on letting your voice be heard and keep Absolutely. on keep on praying. And Jane, do you want to close this with a prayer? Yes. Our Father, we thank you for this beautiful time of the year. We thank you for all of the the opportunities that we have to affect what's going on in our state, to protect our families, to protect our children, to protect our faith. We ask that you would send the Holy Spirit on us so that we can always be working on your side rather than asking you to be on our side. We pray for for strength and endurance for legislators these last few days that they would do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been Legislation Made Simple, keeping you informed on political issues with your hosts, Patty DeCraney and Jane Robbins. Listen again next week at the same time for Legislation Made Simple on AM 1160, The Quest.